Terry for breakfast. Humans of the Wheat Belt. Thanks for joining us on Humans of the Wheat Belt here on Listener, L-I-S-T-N-R. Of course, Humans of the Wheat Belt has become popular over the past few years. There's been a couple of book releases in 2020 and 2022, and the regular profiles have been put up on social media over the last few years as well. Humans of the Wheat Belt has the backing of the Wheat Belt Health Network, which encourages inclusion and diversity out there. So big thanks to the Wheat Belt Health Network for coming up with this fantastic initiative and offering us the opportunity to bring it to you in audio form here on Listener. My special guest this week is Matthew Jackman, who resides in Northern. How are you? Yeah, good, Terry. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Lovely, colourful shirt that you got there. So you're at Wheat Belt Health there. Uh, yeah. Tell um, us about what you do out there at Wheatbelt Health Network. So at Wheatbelt Health Network, basically my job, uh, I'm a part of the uh, integrated team care um, team that we have at Wheatbelt Health. And our job is basically to manage um, the health and sustain the health of the Indigenous um, population of the Wheatbelt. So you're the go-to yeah. man. You're, you're talking to the Indigenous population and then yeah. you're connecting them to the specialist that they need to and be sh- seen by. Yeah, sure am. What I do is I go out into the uh, communities as the um, Indigenous outreach worker and um, I just ask them if there's anything that w- they need help with, um, mm. you know, seeing the doctors, seeing specialists, seeing um, diabetes educations. And, um, yeah, and then basically with with what information I have there, I go back to the team, I, you know, I share it with the team and with the care coordinator and then from that we're able to get the ball rolling. Must be a pretty big honour for you to do that. Yeah. Pretty yeah. special for you. Yeah, no, that that, that is. I, I yeah. think um, a passion for me is helping people, just yeah. just helping people in general. So I think if I if I can do that, it just it leaves me with a big smile at the end of the day, knowing that I've helped a few people, more than a few people, you know, get through the day. And yeah. least of all, you get a nice colourful shirt there to wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty nice design that you got. Yeah, uh, there yeah. the Wheatbelt Health Network. Nice, nice shirts. Are they yeah. are they selling shirts or you keep them all in house? Oh no, no. Um, <laughs> no. I, I was actually quite lucky when I uh, when I uh, first joined with Wheatbelt Health was probably about a year ago. Um, they had just stopped um, making the shirts. Oh no! And I had uh, yeah just managed to get one. So yeah, quite well, lucky. It's a collector's <laughs> item there. Hold yeah. on to that tie, Matt. <laughs> Now, tell us about your background. Mum's Mob from Yamaji Country out, out towards Mekathara through Carnarvon and Geraldton, beautiful part of the world. So my background is I was I was born in Port Hedland, um, raised in Mekathara and Mount Magnet, and then I spent, uh, came here and spent about uh, 12 years or 13 years here now. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, mother's side of the family is all from Mekathara out through to Geraldton, Carnarvon, um, my father's side of the family, I, I know it's, he's from, uh, Jigalong and Waluna. Um, but unfortunately I didn't get to know much of his family because yep. he, uh, passed when I was little. So yeah, I didn't really get to know much of him. Yeah. So mum's family has been the main connection there for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Um, it's, it's been, you know, all my aunties and uncles on my mother's side, they've, yeah. they've always supported me through. Through most things that I've I've gone through, yeah. yeah. So family down in Northern, or are they still back in up in the Midwest? Um, well, that's the interesting thing about um, when I started this job. Um, I thought I was alone here. I thought I was, you know, there wouldn't be too much Yamajis here in Northern country. Um, 
But uh, when I started my work, I found out that I was working with my nan. So wow. yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then, How exciting. And then through work, I met um, more nans, more uncles, more aunties. Yeah, I met I met quite a f- lot of family through work. So that's yeah. Familiarity is a is a great thing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've been here for about twelve years. You went to Avonvale Primary School in Northern. You went to Northern Senior High School. And then when you were leaving school, what did you want to do? Oh, when I was leaving school, I wanted to get into horticulture, I think, because yeah. uh, uh, looking after the land and looking after the country is, is, is a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's one thing I've, I think I'm obligated to do because of uh, my people have been looking after this country for more than a thousand years. So, like, I, I think I'm definitely obligated to keep... Yeah, you know, keep uh, keep looking after it, and keep and it especially healthy. now with the you know the threat of climate change, yeah, we're hearing yeah. a lot about it. There's a lot of new initiatives out there. You, you, you know, we've all got to play our part. Yeah, no, that's that's it. If uh, that's one thing I, I wish uh, the younger kids today were, um, you know, able to have a passion for is looking after their country, because uh, with with more kids like that, you know, mm. we'd be able to do it like. Yeah, it, it would be. I, I would uh, feel quite, quite confident that we would be able and to do it. You want to teach the younger generation looking after the land is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, I think that's what's missing. If uh, if we uh, was able to educate them on how important, um, uh, if we were able to educate on how important. Um, culture and country is especially country to our people. Then um, I think you know it's it's one hundred percent you know the uh, thing to do. We're having a chat with Matthew Jackman as we continue Hubert to the Wheatbelt. He's doing a great job there at the Wheatbelt Health Network. Matt, you talk about your love of the land. You also love going fishing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it. I um. I think um, going fishing for me, it, it helps me connect to country and to, to culture as well, Like um, because I, I, I feel that um, when I go fishing and that, when I go to these places that I go fishing at, um, I feel like many of my ancestors are there, you know, mm-hmm. there with me, you know, watching me, you know, do what they've done for thousands of years. So yeah. I think that's, you know... Something. You speak of fishing, you speak yeah. of Yamaji country. I remember about 13 years ago, I went to Quabba, Nalu, north of Carnarvon, just went up for a bit of a drive around there, and I saw these guys getting into the water with the spears, and they were going hard at it, and they were getting beautiful rainbow trout, chucking them on the shoulder and going at it again. It was an incredible thing to watch. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, and that's a, that's a strong thing that we have throughout our country. I, I've noticed is that, um, Many of my people, my Yamaji people, like to do things um, traditionally or, or keep that tradition. I know for sure that um, uh, as you go further into my father's country, which is Waluna and Jigalong, yeah, I know that they um, definitely practice um, their old laws and old ways. Um, yeah, basically on a daily basis. Yeah. Want to dig a little bit deeper for a moment? Your saddest moments spiritually were having to bury your your nan and pop, and also. You're quite close to your uncle, your twin brother to your dad. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, yeah, that was that was the hardest bit of my life so far. Where uh, and I think I was at a hospital at the time as well. I spent about you know probably half a year in hospital um, through year eleven, and um, 
yeah, it was just, it was heartbreaking for me because uh, mm. as well as dealing with my own um, health and physical problems, I had the emotional, you know, battle of losing my pop and then, and then at the time Nan was going through throat cancer so I didn't really hear her voice or I couldn't hear her voice so we sort of just sort of battled that together in silence and um, when she passed it was, yeah, it was it was like I lost my world. It was devastating to me. Yeah, it's a lot of family members to lose in such a short period of time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I, I, yeah, I, I, so I look back and I sort of think to myself that you know, losing family, it should be, it sh- like it should be normal for me now because right from the get go, I lost my father. So mm. like I thought I would be able to handle going through loss and that, but it it, it definitely does take an emotional toll on you. Yeah. And we hear that in the Indigenous population, um, you know, people are passing away at such a young age, aren't they? And, and I guess that makes your role there at Wheatbelt Health very critical because you're trying to keep people nice and healthy and, and offer the correct advice. That's one thing I love to do and that's, uh, that's definitely why I come to work is because I know that uh, if I'm able to get out there and uh, educate people on their, uh, on their uh, chronic disease and, and that and give them a better fighting chance at, at fighting their chronic diseases and getting better, then, uh, yeah, then it's, that's a win in my books. Yeah. And, and just going way back when you were very young, your biological mother was told that you were never going to walk. You've uh, well and truly overcome that obstacle. What was advice there from the, from the medical fraternity? When I was born, uh, right from the get-go, they told my mum that I had spina bifida and I, was, I wasn't going to walk. I was, you know, very unlikely to walk. And um, at the time that I was born, my auntie was with my mum and she told the doctors, well, he's, he's going to walk and that's, that's that. So Determined to prove yeah, them wrong. Yeah, so yeah. basically just to defy them, we, uh, yeah, they got me up and uh, got me walking. Every time I'd fall down, they would hold me and get me back up and just told me to keep fighting through it and, yeah, that's what I did. And I, I realised that it's, you know, it's a... It's quite a um, hard thing to go through at a young age, but um, to me, I don't know. It felt it felt like nothing really. Like it felt uh, I didn't really feel like I was overcoming much. But mm. then I look back on it and think, yeah, I did. You weren't aware of the enormity of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Cause Others were, but you weren't. You were just yeah, uh, yeah, because spine a bit ticking uh, along and yeah. just. Trying to uh, yeah, get, uh, get through things. Yeah, because going through life with spina bifida for me has just been an everyday occurrence. It's it's yep. been something that I have to live with. So yeah, it's it's uh, it, there's been obstacles like even with driving, I've got to go through a, a medical examination and that just to see if I can drive. Is that is that a regular thing? Yeah, that's every single time I have to renew my license, and that's a bit of a pain. But uh, so just do it every five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't it. have to go for another five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a plan. Yeah every five years um yeah yeah so that that's like you know that's a bit of an obstacle there but i've got to mentally think to myself that i can't give up because you know i've come this far i there's no you know if i fall now there's there's nothing you know and yeah through your work you've got plenty of support around you and you, do you feel that you're equipped to deal with some difficult situations? Because when you were younger, probably that wasn't the case. Through all my personal battles and uh, and and even mental battles with, uh, you know, fighting um, like depression and all that, there like work has been amazing. Like work has been my number one support. I've had um, 
my bosses and that, like Babu and that, they've, they've supported me through through everything so far. And like even my uh, boss Lucy, she has, you know, she she has helped me with um my, with my mental health things by sending me in to see um you know uh what are they called uh like psychiatrists and uh you know just someone to talk psychologists to. as well yeah I, I, mm. I yeah just uh, so she referred me on to Headspace there and that's where I go just to and it's great having them in the wheat belt isn't it yeah no it's shopfront in northern yeah it's it's excellent like every time I go there I feel like you know weight has been lifted every every yeah. time I discuss my feelings and that yeah and it's just so important to Keep the funding without getting too political. Keep the funding coming into to mental health because uh, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people in our community that are suffering, and you don't want to be travelling down to the city all the time yeah, to no, receive yeah. help because it might be just a little bit too far. Having those services close to home is massive. That's exactly the feedback we've gotten from the community is that you know we've they've told us that we've been a great help to them, and that's that's you know that's the reward for me is that knowing that we're doing something you know we're mm. we're we're being a great help to the community without them going to Perth or anything you know we we have it right there for them making their life a lot easier yeah and finally Matthew Jackman what's next uh, what what does the future hold what are your goals going forward to be quite honest Harry I I I haven't figured that one out yet you're living in the moment yeah I, I never thought I would be in the health industry organisations yeah. and that how but, many years uh, has it been now. About a, a year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's f- fairly still, you know, uh, it's fairly still fresh, and uh, I'm definitely looking to further my knowledge on on the medical side of things. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to get that behind me. Yeah. To steal a line from the footy community, you just taking it one week at a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Away from work because it does get pretty hectic. You're a big supporter of the footy. Who's your team? Yeah, uh, so my team's West Coast Eagles. Um, we've had a bit of a shocking year this year. Yeah, but, uh, it wasn't great in 2022, was it? No, no. Uh, Josh Kennedy's gone, your favourite player? Yeah, yeah, no, that was, uh, it was a big shocker to me. I I, I think it, uh, emotionally, I think it hurt a bit. <laughs> yeah. Just to see well, he is 36 years old. Yeah, just, just to see him. 35, like, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Just, just um, to see him all those years in, in West Coast yeah. and that. But I, I thank him for like sticking with the club and that for, for through the through shoes. the tough periods. Yeah, well, yeah, won the premiership and might pull on the boots back in the Midwest. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the GNFL up there in in Yamaji country. Yeah. Well, Matthew Jackman, thanks so much for coming in and, and sharing your story with us, and and good luck with everything going forward at Wheatbelt Health. Yeah, thanks very much, Terry. This has been Humans of the Wheatbelt, and of course, supported by the Wheatbelt Development Commission and managed by the Wheatbelt Health Network. Terry for breakfast. Humans of the Wheat Belt.